Welcome to Mind Solvers, where we help you solve the unsolvable. In our podcast, we examine the phenomena of the human mind and unmask its incredible power. It's been our experience over 35 years of pursuit that there are no limits or boundaries to the potential of the human mind. I'm John Terry, one of your hosts today. And I'm Verl LeBerry, your other host. Uh, yes, we'd like to welcome you and thank you for your interest and the time you're taking to check us out. What we share with you during this and our other podcasts comes from our own experiences over those 35 years, and we'll be sharing the experiences of some other people as well. So join us as we discuss some of the mysteries that you may have in your life and how you can use the power of your own mind to solve them. We hope you'll join us for each podcast and invite your friends to listen as well. We want to welcome you to episode 8 of Mind Solvers, where we will continue the discussion on visualization and guided imagery and use these in our relaxation session to scan the body for areas that need special attention. If you haven't listened to episode 7, please take the time to do so to catch up. But before we go there, we want to follow up with Verl from our last episode, where he teased us about his heart story. Well, when I was in my early 40s, I developed atrial fibrillation, an irregular heartbeat. I had had a heart murmur since I was born, and I later learned that fibrillation ran in my family. My father and some of my siblings had problems with it, too. It was miserable because at that time they didn't have much treatment besides medication, cardioversion, which is shocking the heart back into rhythm, or a drastic course open heart surgery. I remember how miserable you were constantly dealing with doctors. Didn't you have them try the shock therapy? Yeah, the cardioversion. It didn't work for long, so they put me on medication, which helped a bit, but had unpleasant side effects. What do you mean? Oh, I was tired all the time. I was sensitive to sunlight, always got sunburned if I went outside. In fact, people told me my skin had an orange tint to it. And the weirdest of all was that one medication made everything taste metallic. What I remember most was that they wanted to have you try some radical therapy that had to do with cauterizing portions of the heart. Well, it was new, although nothing like open heart surgery. My cardiologist referred me to another specialist who was working with a procedure called ablation, where they went up into the heart through a vein in the leg with an electrode that actually burned off the nerves that were misfiring and causing the fibrillation. Yeah, that sounds painful. It wasn't painful because they had me under sedation, and I had about an 80% success rate at that point. But unfortunately, I was one of the 20%, and the fibrillation soon came back, and I was back on the medication along with the side effects. But as I remember, that wasn't the only time that you had it done. Yeah, a year or so later, my specialist said they had learned more about the ablation technique, and he tried again. Again, after a while, it, it failed. The atrial fibrillation came back. And meanwhile, I was suffering from other side effects. Different from what you were dealing with in the beginning? Yeah, my heart murmur had gotten worse, and I had a bout of congestive heart failure. You mean you had a heart attack? No, no, not that damaging. It meant my heart was having a hard time pumping blood through the body. So it actually enlarged and pushed against the lungs, making it hard for me to breathe. In fact, the lungs begin to fill with liquid. I try to sleep and wake up gasping for air, so I can only sleep sitting up. 
But eventually I went to the hospital and they gave me some medicine to reduce the swelling so I could sleep better. Then what? Then my cardiologist diagnosed me with cardiomyopathy, which is where the heart muscle actually hardens and stops working effectively. I asked why I would develop that. He said it's hard to know for sure, but often it's caused by an illness like an infection or even a bad cold in childhood that weakens the heart over time. The fibrillation, of course, didn't help either. Couldn't get much worse, could it? Well, another doctor even told me I'd probably need a heart transplant within five years. And this is when I was in my 50s. Sorry I said that. Yeah, that really worried me, of course. And when I told my cardiologist this, he eased my mind a bit and told me it was too early to worry about that. But I was still worried. And so I asked you, John, if there was anything you thought that hypnosis could do to help. It's amazing what we'll try when those who are supposed to have all the answers tell us that there's little hope. Well, you didn't promise anything, but suggested we try some visualization techniques. So you took me through one of the relaxation methods you've been using in these podcasts and encouraged me to visualize my heart. And what you visualized was so different from what I would have thought to suggest, which is why it's so important to just let the subconscious provide these experiences. It knows you perfectly. Indeed. My mind took me into a room that was the center of a building. I assume my body. In that room was a large sphere, which I took to be a representation of my heart. It was spinning, but irregularly, and it looked damaged and uneven on its surface. This is fascinating to me. Metaphors, not only for the heart, but for the body as well. Very different from David Seidler's cream-colored, unblemished bladder lining. But for you, it was just what the subconscious ordered. I think so. You encouraged me to focus on it and help it spin more evenly and to help smooth out its surface. As I did that, I could see the sphere moving a little better and the surface became a little glossier and smoother. We did this several times, didn't we? We did a couple more sessions like this. I felt better about my condition, and my heart seemed to work more smoothly. And in between sessions? Well, often I would practice the visualization as well on my own. And what did the doctor say when you went back? Well, some time passed, and my cardiologist told me they had made great progress with the ablation technique, and he recommended another try of it. This time, the ablation seemed to do the trick. My heart stayed in rhythm. And although I was on some medication, the side effects weren't noticeable. However, there was still the issue of my cardiomyopathy. My heart was still weak from that, but at least the rhythm was mostly good. My family probably moved out of the neighborhood by this time. Did you keep up with the visualization? Yes, several years went by. From time to time, I would remember and visualize that sphere in the room of my body. I also lost some weight and exercised more. I went overseas to teach with Hilda, and there were good heart specialists there who basically maintained my medication and kept an eye on my heart. And have you been back to the same doctor? Well, after about six years, when I returned to the U.S., I saw my cardiologist. Of course, he was glad to see that I had lost weight, but he was quite amazed that my heart strength was basically normal. No evidence of cardiomyopathy. I asked him if that was common with cardiomyopathy to actually heal the heart. And he indicated that he had seen it, but he credited it to my weight loss, of course. And what about the other side effects? 
Well, I still have that congenital murmur, and getting older, I'm slowing down a bit, but there's no talk of heart transplants, and my heart keeps pumping away. I feel maybe better now than I, I did for years. Very cool, Verl. So do you think visualization helped? Now, maybe this is all due to medical progress, medication, and losing weight. I can go along with that. However, I believe the visualization exercises made a difference, if only to help me relax and not worry so much. And I believe it helped me regenerate the damaged tissue in my heart. Thank you, Verl. That's an amazing personal story. Several years ago, our oldest daughter, the same one I mentioned in episode three, invited me to go with her to meet a man who shared his amazing story with us. Who is that? I don't have permission to use his name, but I can tell his story generally. Oh, I can understand that, especially if he's made it public, I would think. What's his story? Just like James Palanetti that I mentioned in our last episode, he was an accomplished cyclist participating in a triathlon event in Palm Springs. When he was back-ended at an intersection turn that threw him off his bike, compressing six of the vertebrae in his spine. Oh my gosh, so he was paralyzed? The prognosis was that he would never walk again and would need a special back surgery attaching rods to his spine. My mother and both my older brothers have had this same surgery. Hmm, I seem to remember your mother passed away from the results of that surgery. Yes, she did, about 15 years ago now. This individual couldn't imagine himself being in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, so he chose a different path. But what other option was there? He was convinced that the power that made the body could also heal the body. So he left the hospital and spent the next couple of months reconstructing his spine with his mind. So through visualization? Yes. He described spending hours every day visualizing each and every damaged vertebra in his spine until he could finally go through the entire spine without losing focused attention, which he said was his greatest challenge. Yes, that's often a real problem for me too, overcoming the distractions that are constantly going on in my mind. Yes, he said that he couldn't get his mind to do what he wanted it to do until finally he was able to go through the whole process without those distractions. How long did it take him? He said that in 10 weeks he was back on his feet, and in 12 weeks he was back training with his cycling buddies. Wow, that's incredible. But you hear things like this. Maybe everyone has heard of a miraculous recovery of some sort. But has this really been verified? Did his doctors have anything to say about it? I actually looked for the answer to this question. But the more I looked, the more I realized that proof implies that there is no room for error. That you can be 100% sure that what exists in x-rays and testimonials is also 100% representative of what you're talking about. And quite simply, no matter how much proof I could provide, it would never be enough. Didn't you say that you had a personal experience with visualization? Yes, but nothing quite so mind-boggling. What was it? Well, when I was in my late 20s, only married a short time, I felt a very small bump over my right eye while I was washing my face in the brow area. What do you mean a bump? It was under the skin, under my eyebrow, 
so it was more or less hidden for all intents and purposes, but was probably the size of a very small pea, not big at all. Oh, so you probably had a cyst. Yes. In fact, after about a year of feeling it grow to the size of a fairly good-sized pea and having people comment about it, I finally went to a doctor and had it surgically removed, and that's what he said it was. So what does visualization have to do with it? Well, during that year, I did a lot of traveling for my job. And each time that I boarded a plane, which was probably weekly, I would focus my mental attention for a good portion of the flight on that spot above my eye. I had no idea what a cyst looked like, so I just imagined a small P-shaped ball that I would mentally smash and pulverize. Really? How long before you actually went to the doctor? Well, this went on for a good five or six months, until one day I happened to be sitting in the living room with my dad, who was visiting. I think we had just had a baby. And because the sunlight coming through the front bay window cast a shadow on my face, he expressed concern about the size that it had become. So the next day I called for an appointment with the doctor. Yeah, isn't it funny how we just live with these kinds of things until someone close to us says something about it? That's exactly what it was. I knew that if he was expressing concern, that it must be time to have someone take a look at it. So I'm still curious what the doctor found. Well, the doctor gave me a numbing shot right next to it and then proceeded to take a scalpel to my eyebrow. And after a lot of pressure and squeezing and some more pressure, it finally came out. He held it on his index finger and looked at it for a minute and then held it up so that I could see it and said, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. It's like a little pancake. It's hard and flat. That's the word he used, a pancake. Oh, that's interesting. But I remember our daughter had a cyst in her hand many years ago. I don't remember a lot about it. But we took her to a doctor who removed it. But he said with her particular kind of cyst, sometimes treatment is to take a book or a board and strike it suddenly. Not too hard. But that breaks it and releases the liquid inside it. So are you sure you never pushed or rubbed it, possibly breaking it that way? Apparently, especially on the head or scalp, they are pilar cysts that are round, firm, and smooth to the touch. And because he sounded so surprised by its shape and consistency, I immediately knew that my months of visualization had physically caused a transformation to its form. Well, you know, both of our experiences might lead to some skeptics saying that other things might have led to the end result. But the experience of the man with the spinal injury is pretty amazing. And I suspect most people know someone who's had some kind of amazing recovery. Don't you think this is something worth exploring? Absolutely. I'd be very interested in hearing from anyone who's had or knows someone who's had such an experience. In fact, we'd be very happy to invite you on the show to discuss it with us. You can also leave us the information on our website, mindsolvers.com. So, to our podcast listeners, think about this. If you're willing to go another step towards using visualization to help heal your body, go back and listen to last week's relaxation session, especially if you haven't already so that you can fully take advantage of what's going to take place right now. And as always, be sure you're in a place where you can lie or sit down and relax and close your eyes.
And now, if you haven't already, allow your eyes to gently close as you slowly take in several deep cleansing breaths and allow yourself to begin even now to relax mentally and physically, recognizing that any and all sensations that you experience during this session will only tend to deepen that level of relaxation that you're seeking. With each and every sound you hear, all noises from beyond your walls, doors opening or closing, traffic from outside, even clocks ticking, people speaking or phones ringing, all are common and natural sounds and will help you relax that much more deeply. With every breath you take, you find yourself relaxing deeper and deeper, knowing that the slightest discomfort, an itch that needs to be scratched, shifting your body for the most comfortable position, can be quickly and easily self-managed without disturbing in the slightest that level of relaxation already reached. And once again, I'd like to ask for the help of the subconscious mind to assist you in relaxing now as you employ the word or phrase that it provided in our last episode. And you say it out loud or to yourself or have someone you trust share it with you. You begin to recapture the very feelings and sensations of peace, calmness, and serenity that you achieved from the downward motion of the elevator without having to actually be there again. And as you bring that word or phrase back to your mind a second time, you feel yourself deepening in that relaxing state, mentally and physically reaching even to the basement levels of stillness, tranquility, and relaxation. And as that word or phrase is uttered a third time, whether silently or aloud, you find yourself once again feeling safe and secure within the now familiar spherical bubble with the same or similar easy chair and audiovisual monitor that will assist you again in your incredible journey of the magnificent world of your inner body, even now. I'd like to request the aid and assistance of the subconscious mind once again to guide you directly to that one area from our last episode's visit that you now know is of particular concern and highest priority to focus your full care and attention on and allow you to know what the concern is and how, with its unique understanding and help, you can mentally repair and restore this area to its original pure form, condition, and purpose. Enjoy the imagery and understanding being provided by the subconscious 
and follow the ideas and suggestions that come to you as pure thought that you know are not your own. As often as you have the chance, daily if possible, if only for a few moments, use this word or phrase to return to this very area of concern and use the suggestions offered by the subconscious to bring healing and restoration to this part of your body. And as you feel the mental imaging take effect, move on to any other area or areas of concern that you have been shown need your attention. Spend as much time as you feel you need right now taking in and utilizing all the rejuvenating powers that the subconscious mind is so willing and able to provide so that you can recoup and regain the vim, vigor, health, and strength of both mind and body. And only when you're ready, return to your conscious state taking with you the comfort and peace that you've felt during this session. Let your mind retain the focus you've put on that part of you that needs attention. We give you a gift of feeling alert and refreshed and want you to find joy in something every day until you join us in the next episode of Mind Solvers. As you focus on healing your body, your energy will increase and your subconscious mind will assist you in this goal and help you find healing and pleasure in your life. And only when you're ready, simply open your eyes.